Amen. Thank you so much, Faith, for leading us into that time of worship through singing. And uh, now we continue uh, a time of worship. As we mentioned in the pre-service slides, uh, we encourage you to grab your communion elements. We're moving the communion time um, a little bit earlier into the service today, kind of like how we normally would on a Sunday. And so um, if you haven't gotten your elements yet, just take a moment. I'm going to share a quick story uh, with you um, while you get ready. But um, when it talks about uh, the song we just sang, uh, the idea of no longer slaves, but that we can now proclaim that I am a child of God and, and how deep the love the Father has for us, that we may be called children of God. And when we trust in him and gives our lives to Jesus, then that is exactly what you are and what I am. And on this Mother's Day, uh, it reminds me of just the powerful love that a mom has for uh, her kids. And so uh, specifically, there was a story um, years ago uh, when I was going hiking and um, you know, we, have, we hear that phrase about how um, when moms are protective over their kids, it could be like a mama bear, right? So there was a, a time a little while ago um, that I was going hiking and there were some residential streets here and then there was, the GPS was telling me to go this way to go find a geocache. And so as I started to walk down this path, um, I started to see um, a little bit of movement, kind of probably about 200, no, no, probably about uh, 400 feet away. And all of a sudden as I see these like, this like head pop up, and I see that it's a bear and I just freeze immediately, right? Because I'm like, okay, I don't want to go down there. And then a few feet behind the bear, uh, I realized that first one was the baby bear and behind was the mama bear and she pops up and I just very slowly back away. And I think, you know, I love geocaching, but uh, I love my life more. And so um, just this idea of thinking about the love that we see in nature of a mother bear, a mama bear caring for her young. And that's just a, but a glimpse of how much as moms, uh, that moms love their kids, and even the powerful, protective, and fierce, and tender love that a mom has for her kids, even that is just a fraction of how much God loves each and every one of us when we realize that we give our lives to Jesus, and that we are no longer slaves to fear, but we can be called children of God. And so what I wanna encourage you to do as you take out your elements, as we reflect upon that love that God has, that fierce, tender, but fierce love for us to protect us and to come and um, send Jesus to die on the cross, to live a perfect life and to die a horrible death, but to be raised to new life so we may have eternal life with the Father. That's the kind of love that God has for you. And we rejoice that we can be called children of God. And so um, in a moment, you'll be able to take the bread and the bread just reminds us of uh, Jesus's body that was battered, broken, bruised, and torn, uh, and put the weight of uh, sin all upon his shoulders. And then you'll be able to take the cup um, and the juice that reminds us of his blood that was poured out um, to wipe us clean and uh, to take what was once crimson, to wash it as white as snow, to separate our sins as far as the east is from the west. Um, so why don't you take, uh, I'll pray for us briefly, and then we'll take a moment or two uh, to be able to take communion um, in your time. Father, we thank you so much for the love that you have for us, that fierce, protective, tender love uh, that we see exhibited in, um, in moms and the love they have for their kids. So Lord, we thank you so much for sending Jesus to die on the cross, that we know we fall short and we confess that. And we are reminded of his sacrifice um, as we take communion each and every week. So Lord, we love you. Jesus, we thank you. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us to become more like Christ each and every day. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't you feel free to partake of the elements for just a couple moments as you feel led.
Amen. Well, happy Mother's Day, everyone. Uh, it's so good to be able to have this time with you all today. Uh, to, to all the moms out there and grandmas and um, stepmoms and everyone, uh, happy Mother's Day. Thank you for all that you do. Um, and we are going to actually take a little bit of a break from our Colossians series. Um, we'll jump back into that next week, but I wanted to just take a pause in the middle of this series to just really reflect on moms and to be able to uh, thank all of you um, on this Mother's Day weekend. And so uh, well, we're, we're kind of just taking a little one-off series and just looking at this idea of the lasting legacy uh, that moms have. And so um, what I want to do is, is before we dive in, I know that this day um, is a day that can be really difficult uh, for many of us, that this is a day with a lot of emotions. Uh, many of us who are um, struggling um, because uh, maybe there's some women who want to be moms and aren't able to. Uh, there are m women who want to adopt and they're waiting on that process. Women who've experienced the, the pain um, of miscarriages and difficulty and fertility. Uh, the, the moms who have lost their kids and kids who have recently lost their moms. And, and so we recognize there's a lot of emotion and, and um, good things and bad things and all the way in between. And, and so even if you're not a mom or um, you're not in that boat, we've all had moms. And, and so we want to just take moments to, to think about, to honor, to celebrate moms today. And so will you join me in a word of prayer uh, before we dive into the passage? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we could call upon you as our Father, and we thank you for so many wonderful women who uh, are able to be called the name of Mother. Lord, I pray that as we dive into your word, that I would decrease and that you would increase, that you would speak in a personal, powerful, impactful way to each and every one of us, Lord, as we um, take a moment to, to honor moms, to see the things that they do, and to um, give them uh, encouragement, hopefully, uh, throughout this sermon. So Lord, we love you. I pray that you would bless every mom uh, who hears these words today and help them to know how deeply loved they are by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, uh, as I mentioned, uh, we're going to be uh, just talking about moms today, and, and we're going to start a, ser or a sermon today um, looking at um, the story of Timothy. So Timothy was one of Paul's uh, very close um, disciples, one of his close followers who followed Jesus. Timothy was someone that became so close to Paul that Paul called him uh, like a son in the faith. And there's a couple instances in which Timothy, we could do several studies about him and a very well-known pastor in the church of Ephesus, missionary partner uh, with Paul. Um, but there's a few moments in which Paul takes time out of his letters to Timothy to acknowledge the love or the impact that Timothy's mom, Eunice, had on him. And so um, before we kind of dive into that, I have to confess that when it comes to um, uh, here at the house, Steph is an amazing mom, amazing wife, amazing woman. Uh, but there are times in which, you know, I don't, um, I'm not always able to notice all the things that she does. She does so many things that I'm always grateful, but she does, I don't always notice them right away. And then I'll be like, you'll notice, oh, the room looks cleaner. And I'll ask, oh, you know, thanks for cleaning that or thanks for working on this or thanks for doing that. And I help out um, a lot as well, but it's, sometimes I don't always notice those things. Some of those things that she does goes unseen. And I don't know about you, but there are times in which you might look at um, different things online where it talked about if moms were paid for all the work that they do, this goes for whether you're a stay-at-home mom and the roles that you have, or whether you, you are working outside of the home, um, but you still have all these very similar roles. And so salary.com, um, a couple of years ago, uh, 2018, I believe, um, started writing out an example. They almost did like a job description of like what it would look like to do all the different roles that moms do. So you may or may not be able to see this. I'm just going to read a few of these, but these are two columns uh, worth of things that moms do. So let me share a few of them with you. Um, we have things like academic advisor, accountant, art director, athletic director, bookkeeper, buyer, CEO, coach, daycare center teacher, dietitian, education, event planner, executive housekeeper, facilities director, groundskeeper, interior designer, janitor, senior janitor, judge slash magistrate, 
laundry manager, logistics analyst, or analyst, excuse me, maintenance supervisor, marketing manager, network administrator, photographer, plumber, public school teacher, psychologist, recreational therapist, staff nurse, RN, RN life coach, social media, tailor, tax accountant, um, teacher, vocational teacher, and a work-life program manager. And that's just to name a few. And so salary.com did this thing in which they showed all those different things. And they said that if moms got a hybrid role and they were paid a hybrid role uh, for all the different things they do, the number that they calculated based off of the 2018 uh, figures would be that moms, an, hourly, an annual salary of a mother in 2018 would be 162000 $581 dollars, not kisses, although kisses and hugs are a nice payment, but that would be how much it would actually be uh, if moms were paid for all the work they do. And yet there are things that sometimes we just don't always see all the things that moms do, all the hard work, all the emotions that they feel, all the highs and lows and the struggles and the good times. And so our main point for today, as we talk about moms um, on Mother's Day, is just to say, um, it's just to get this idea of, we see you moms, we see you. And as the main point says for us, is that many things moms do are unseen, but moms, remember that you are seen by us and by God. There are many things that you do that go unseen, but remember moms, you are seen by us and by God. If you're following along with your notes, uh, the main uh, area we have right there, the little header there is that we see you. We see you. And so I'm going to read um, a couple, just a few verses here and there, looking at Paul referring to Timothy's mom and Timothy's upbringing and looking at different areas in which mom, uh, his mom plays an incredible role in his walk with God and his faith in Jesus. So the first thing is that moms, we see you as you strive to model your faith sincerely. We see you as you strive to model your faith sincerely to your kids and to have an impact on them. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, Paul writes to Timothy and he says this, I, again, Paul speaking, I am reminded of your, Timothy's, sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded it now lives in you also that Paul takes the moment to celebrate the love and the sincere faith that Eunice has been able to pass down to Timothy. And so moms, we know that it is hard to model and to be um, modeling your faith sincerely. We know that there are times when we succeed and you do wonderful and you feel that encouragement of what it means uh, to really be able to display that love to your kids. And there are other times when we have days where patience is lacking, where exhaustion is overwhelming, where discouragement can be overbearing, and where there's just this feeling of not being enough. And you strive for it. And, and what we love about you moms is that you may experience a lot of pain and heartache, but you get back up again and you wake up that next morning and you strive to love your kids and you strive to model your faith sincerely to them. And moms, we see you when you do that because you modeling your faith for your kids in those formative years allows them to have a foundation that will be able to be built upon throughout their years. And maybe some of you moms are out of, your kids are out of the house. Um, maybe you have grown kids who now have their own kids or whatever it may be, but you can still be such models of faith that have an impact for your kids. And they will turn to you for advice. They will turn to you for nurture and they'll turn to you to be able to protect them at times with the fierce love uh, that a bear may have for her cubs. But we see you as you strive to model your faith in the same way that Eunice Strive to have her sincere faith be something that Timothy wasn't just taught, but that he caught it. A lot of times we may hear some things and we are taught things, but if we are taught something from someone and they don't really live it out, we may be taught one thing and we may have caught something else. So moms, we see you. We see you as you strive to model your faith sincerely for your kids so that there's, it's something that they are taught, but also something that they are caught from the example you set. 
Now, I'm actually going to stay on that same verse here, but I'd be remiss if I didn't at least take a moment to recognize that on Mother's Day, yes, we honor and we respect moms, but we want to take a moment, too, to just celebrate grandmas. And we are so thankful for you, grandmas. And we see here, grandmas, we see you and how your faith impacts future generations. We see you and we know that the impact that you've had on your daughter, who's now a mom, is now passed on to her kids. And so we're going to go to that same verse, but notice that again, Paul references not just Eunice, Timothy's mom, he also references to Lois, Timothy's grandma. Again, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and then in Eunice, and then, as Paul's persuaded, inside Timothy as well. That grandmas, you play such an integral role in kids' lives. That I never knew uh, my biological grandparents. Um, however, I had a grandma, a step-grandma, that was my mom's stepmom. And I remember she would give me uh, like $2 bills every single uh, year for my birthday. Um, and I know what you're thinking, right? Like, well, what happens when you turn seven? Because that's an odd number. Well, then I would get, you know, $2 bills and a one. And then next year, I'd be excited to have more $2 bills. Um, but it's just little things, right? I remember that. And I remember um, thinking that that was nice, but also missing, you know, the opportunity to have uh, biological grandparents. And now, being able to see my girls to be able to have such incredible, uh, wonderful, loving grandmas is such a blessing and it impacts uh, us, but it also impacts our girls. And that is so amazing that they have Grammy and Grandma Wendy and Grandma Linda to be able to, to look up to for their faith and generosity and the fun that they have. And so, um, you know, grandmas, we see you that it's not like once you're done with the kids or out of the house that your job is done. No, the impact you have on future generations cannot be overstated. And that lasting legacy that you leave is one that will be beyond anything that you can fully grasp in this life. But I hope and I pray that you get glimpses of it because grandmas, you're awesome. We're grateful for you as well. Now, I'm going to jump over to 2 Timothy chapter 3, 14 through 15. It's a, it's a different section in which um, Paul refers to um, some things as well. And in this area, this is right before uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 is one of the verses we hear a lot about how uh, God's word is, um, or sorry, all scripture is God breathes and um, it's viable for correction and reproof and training in righteousness. Um, but before that, there's these few verses that talk about Timothy's upbringing as well. So the next point here just says, moms, we see you as you teach God's word to your kids. Then we talk about the legacy that gets um, passed along of a sincere faith, excuse me, but the legacy of teaching and loving God's word and teaching that to your kids is incredibly important. When Jesus is talking about building his life, or excuse me, when he's giving the parable of a wise builder, a foolish builder, and he talks about how the foolish builder builds their house on the, the sand and the wise builder builds it upon the rock. He explains how storms come, floods rise, winds uh, crash, but the one who built their house on the rock is the one whose house stands. And he talks about how, so therefore, therefore those who listen to what I say and do as I say, are the ones who build their lives upon the rock. Well, how can our kids be able to build their lives upon God's word if they're not being taught it at home? And to be clear, throughout this sermon, I'm going to be speaking directly to moms, but dads, we have incredible roles here, but our you know, Father's Day message is in another, you know, another month or so. So for now, just to focus on moms and the idea that you t we see you teaching your kids God's word being able to have a devotional before they start uh, schoolwork, the opportunity to, to be able to pray together before meals and before bed, or to just find ways to tie in what our kids are experiencing on the day-to-day -day and tie it into a, a message of um, the scripture or tie it into a Bible study so that it uh, makes the word of God not just something that they hear, but see how it comes alive in everyday life. It says this in 2 Timothy 3, 14 uh, through 15, excuse me, jumped ahead says this. Again, this is Paul writing to Timothy. But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you have learned it, 
and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And notice a couple things there that we see in the text. Number one, remember that you are convinced of this faith because you know those from whom you have learned it. Who are the ones he's learned it from? The faith of knowing the Hebrew Scriptures. Well, he learned it from his mom and his grandma. How do we know that? Because it says, uh, verse 15 says, and how from infancy you've known. Well, if he's known it since he's been an infant, then who are the ones that have the big influence on him? His mom being able to pour in to him from infancy, from birth, and praying verses over him, and, and singing hymns over him, or singing uh, psalms, I should say, over him. That from birth, the faith of the scripture, or sorry, the faith in God and his scripture were part of Timothy's life. And so many of you moms um, have been put into a teaching role uh, far beyond anything you've expected. And this goes for dads too as well, but um, with COVID-19 and the pandemic, moms and dads are, are in a new role of teaching, a role of doing online learning or distance learning. Um, and um, I saw a, a meme online um, that talked about how uh, it's, it had the line that said, uh, teachers speaking to, to parents saying, oh, your, te- your, your child is a pleasure to have in class. And the top of it just said, you know, teachers, you lied to us. But they're just the stress of it all. It's just the idea of, well, are kids a pleasure to have in class? But we're joking because the thing is, is that it's been incredibly different and difficult season for so many people navigating how to still do work, whether inside the home or outside the home as moms, and then also to have this new role of teaching uh, through online learning, distance learning, homeschooling, whatever that looks like. And many of you are working so hard to juggle all these different responsibilities right now. Moms, we see you and we know that it's a hard season and and it can be exhausting and overwhelming and easy for us to maybe beat ourselves up a little bit and to be discouraged, but I want to encourage you that in the same way that when our kids do really great things, sometimes we want to take the credit for that and say, oh, you know, that's how we did that, but we can't take credit, all the credit, some of it, but not all of it, um, for the good things our, um, our kids do, which means that we also can't take all the blame for all the bad things or the misgivings or the ways in which our kids fall short because all kids, all of us fall short of the glory of God. And before we try to put the pressure on ourselves to be the perfect parent, to be the super mom or the super dad, to be the one that has everything together, that has everything perfect, the truth is is that we know that kids would still rebel even if we're perfect. you know how we know that? Well, as I read in a book many years ago, I can't recall the name of it, but the idea that, you know, God is a perfect father, and rumor has it his kids tend to rebel too. So the truth is, is that we as as parents, and especially as moms, need to take off that burden of thinking that it's all on you if things aren't going well. And to take hold of the responsibility, but not to take hold of the shame that may come from that. And I bring that all up because even though this is a difficult season for school and all those things, there will be a time when distance learning will end and when kids will go back into schools but your responsibility our responsibility as parents to teach our kids god's word will never end that is a role that we can take upon ourselves a mantle we could take upon ourselves and our kids will look for to us in order to get wisdom from god's word and to be able to know how to apply god's word into a certain life circumstance you are never done teaching in the same way that you're never done modeling faith and in the same way that you're never done impacting generations. So moms, we see you as you teach God's word to your kids. Don't give up. And if you feel like you don't know it very well yet or you're still struggling with how to teach God's word or what that looks like, then what an incredible way to spend time with your kids to open up the Bible together. Or maybe you go and you do your own Bible study or you join a women's study or whatever it may be and you learn more about God's word so that when your kids are thirsty for what God has to say about something, your uh, soul is so overflowing from the, the, the word and that you could 
pour them a glass and be able to give them, hey, here's a freshing uh, drink of God's word and how it impacts your life. So we've already looked at a few things and there's only a couple left and I've only got a little bit of time left with you here. The next point though, this one's a little bit harder, um, but it speaks to us from the story of Eunice and Lois um, as Eunice's mom. And so uh, moms, we see you as some of you are raising your kids in the Lord alone because dad isn't involved. I know that that's a hard one. Um, and by dad's not being involved, I, I do mean two different kind of things there. One, maybe that you have, um, that dad may be incredibly a loving dad um, and a great husband and someone who cares a lot about you and loves you deeply and loves your kids deeply, but not involved, and by that I mean not involved in the spiritual side of leadership, not involved in the spiritual side of raising kids with knowledge of the word and modeling faith and um, being a part of that. And so some of you have families that are um, all together, but the dad isn't involved in the spiritual side of raising kids in the Lord, raising kids, but not involved in raising kids in the Lord as much. But then others of you have a situation in which dad isn't in the picture and you are um, a single mom, maybe a divorced mom, um, maybe a, a widow, and your husband has passed away and, and there's this great um, burden and, and difficulty that I can't um, even fathom, but I, we see you and we know that you power through that and you love your kids and you are raising them in the Lord as, as well as you can with all the energy that you can and it is not an easy thing to do. And I bring that up because as I turn to Acts chapter 16, we're gonna see that Eunice, Timothy's mom, can understand what you're going through. She, she, can, she can empathize with that situation and we can learn something from that um, and hopefully encourage you in that. Acts chapter 16, verses one through three. Uh, this says, Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. There's a little bit to unpack there, but the main thing I want to focus on is that we see from verse 1 that Eunice was the Jewish mother that was raising Timothy to know the Holy Scripture. She modeled faith in God, um, but her husband was a Greek. So it was a mixed race or, or um, a mixed race marriage, but even more stark contrast was more the idea that there was a mixed faith background, that there's no dynamic of um, Timothy's dad having a faith in God, um, in, the, in the God of the Bible. Growing up Greek, perhaps he had faith in other gods and um, the Greek mythology, all those different things. We don't know that for sure, but what we do know is that Eunice, Timothy's mom, was the, one who, was the one who invested in him and showed him who God was and helped him learn the scripture. And her da his dad, Timothy's dad, was not involved. We see that further on in verse 3 because without getting into it too much, um, Paul wanted to take Timothy on him with the journey. And because Timothy was Jewish, he... Um, would have normally been circumcised. However, the job of uh, making sure that a baby boy was circumcised was typically taken on by the father to kind of start that um, process. And so we see just from the context here that because Timothy wasn't circumcised, in fact, we even see it in verse three, for all of them knew, they all knew that his father was a Greek. In other words, they knew that people around knew that Timothy's dad was not involved in his upbringing in the faith. that He was not involved in him learning and being raised in the Lord. And so moms, when we know that some of you are going to church and bringing all the kids and, and your husband uh, isn't interested or is too busy or maybe even uh, against it in some ways or in some circumstances, but you still make that investment, we see that. 
and God sees that too, and your kids see that too. And so this is not by any means to try to disparage or to tear down um, dads that aren't a part of it. And yes, we would love that, but this is not to demean someone else. This is to uplift you as moms who are raising your kids in the Lord alone because dad isn't involved. And so he's not involved in that process um, of their faith being um, developed and grown fostered and encouraged. And so we look at all these different things and moms, we see you in all those different areas. Some of them are hard and some of them are really difficult, but I'd be remiss if we didn't take a moment to just encourage you with this as well, that it's not just that we see you. Remember many things that moms do are unseen, but remember moms, you are seen by us and by God, that he sees you as well. There are a ton of different seasons in motherhood, in parenthood in general. And I know I'm only eight years into it with, uh, um, Elise, with Shaylin and Elise. We're only, you know, we're just starting that journey in many ways. But in other ways, you could start to picture this idea that there have been ups and downs in our eight years. And for many of you, that journey has been much longer than that. And so I just want to encourage you moms. I just want to take a few moments for you to know that God sees you. He sees all the times that you drive your kids somewhere and you drop them off. He sees all those drives um, home when you're by yourself. He sees all the times you wake up in the middle of the night, all the times you get up early uh, to get things going, all the times that you're exhausted at work because you've been up late with the kids at home the night before. He sees you during all your trials and the triumphs, the lonely, the lonely moments and the lovely ones, the exhaustion the excitement, the laughter, the tears, the good days and the bad and the long nights, but the short years. God sees you. He loves you. And it is an honor to be able to be called children of God. And it is an honor to be entrusted um, with opportunities to be moms. And now there are some that want to be moms and aren't able to, but I just want to, I want to take a moment to encourage you to know that you can be a mom to someone, even if um, you're not able to have biological children right now. We pray for that. And, and just so you know, as we hear in the scripture that um, people who struggle with infertility that uh, are very near to the heart of God, as we see through Hannah and we see um, through so many others in the Old Testament. But in the same way, I wanna, I wanna just point this out. In verse three, we know of Acts 16, we know that Paul, ends up becoming like a father to Timothy, that Paul was unmarried. Paul didn't have his own kids, biological children, but he was able to take Timothy and he said, you are like a son to me in the faith. And he was able to do something, the circumcision, that was a father's responsibility in the Jewish culture. And Paul was able to take that upon himself. So Paul gives us an example of how we can still have that um, fatherly or motherly or parental impact, even if we don't have our own kids. But for those that have kids or in the middle of that journey or wherever you are in that journey, he sees you. And, and if you see or you hear nothing else today, what I want to encourage you with this, that he sees you and he loves you more than you can imagine. Not because you're the perfect mother, but because you are his beloved daughter. It is so easy for us to beat ourselves up when our kids struggle. It's so easy for us to hurt when they hurt and to um, take that upon ourselves as if somehow their struggles are our shame. But we're not called to live in shame. We've made mistakes. Absolutely. We all fall short. But for those of you hearing my voice now, especially you moms on this day, where sometimes you'll look through today and you probably will have Zoom calls with people, uh, with family members from across the, uh, the area, wherever they are. And you may just be looking across that screen and have moments where you feel like, did I do enough? Did I, was I enough? Did I make too many mistakes? Are, are, are they, you know, are they ruined? Are they struggling? Is it my fault? God loves you not because you're a perfect mother. He loves you because you are his beloved daughter. You are his. He 
He formed you in your mother's womb. He shaped you and he breathed life into you. He's walked with you since you were an infant and he called you into uh, the um, calling of motherhood. And he knows that that is a rough go. But moms, we need God so desperately in our lives because we need to remember that our kids are never, um, we don't own them. We just get the honor of being really good stewards of the time we have for them because they were God's before they were ours. And so our job is to raise them and to model our faith sincerely, to have an impact that lasts for future generations, to be able to teach them God's word and to raise them in the Lord, even if it's on our own. And in so doing, you're fulfilling the calling God had for you. Doesn't mean that you're perfect, but thanks be to God, he doesn't love us because we have to be perfect. He loves us in the midst of our imperfections because he has a perfect love that can make us right through him. See, there's no perfect candidate for being a great mom. You look at the scripture stories and there are tons of different moms who did tons of different things. And what it means is that you don't have to be a stay-at-home mom. You don't have to be a working mom. You don't have to be a married mom or a widowed mom or a divorced mom or a mom at all to have an impact that God is calling you to have on someone's life. So as we close um, right now, I just want to give a quick couple of quick points of maybe something you can do today. Um, wherever you are and, and whatever your situation is, whether you are a mom or whether you're a guy watching, a man watching, and you have a mom, um, if you have the opportunity to speak with your mom today, phone call, Zoom, FaceTime, whatever it is, if you have an opportunity to speak with your mom, whoever you are, then I want to encourage you to speak with her today and let her know something that you remember seeing about what she did for you. It may have been something small, may have been um, something bigger, but just something of, mom, I remember growing up and I saw you take care of this for me. I saw you stand up on my behalf for me. I saw you take me places and drop me off places. I saw you still love me when I was rude to you. I saw you when all these different things, I saw you, mom, and I love you. So if you have a mom that you're able to speak to right now, what an amazing opportunity for you to share that and encourage her, let her know, mom, we see you today. But for some of you, if you can't speak to your mom, maybe your relationship is just so broken that um, there, there can't be a bridge that's, that's built. Maybe you come from an abusive situation and that's a really hard one to navigate too. Maybe for some of you, um, your mom has passed away. And I know some of you have experienced that loss um, recently. And what I would encourage you to do, since you're not able to speak to your mom directly today, I would encourage you to find a sibling that you know you grew up together, find a friend, uh, a close friend, find a, um, an extended family member, a small group leader, someone from the church, even one of your children, a spouse. Find someone to share a story about your mom today. Allow that memory to be able to honor her through uh, just conversation and to be able to remember what she's done and seeing things that she did on your behalf. And if you're able to do those things, either talk to her directly or speak to someone you know and love about your mom, it'll just be a great way to let um, our moms know either in person or just to honor their memory to the point where we say, we see you moms, we see you. And we thank you because many of the things moms do go unseen. But remember moms today that you are seen by us and by God. Let us pray. Father, I thank you so much for the moms, grandmas, stepmoms, aunts, um, teachers who invest. I mean, so many other people that are countless um, women who have influence on others. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them, help them to know that uh, there is no good in beating themselves up on the past, but instead we surrender our past to you, and in the present we can decide uh, to build a close relationship with our family members. And so, Lord, may you just allow this day to be a day where maybe relationships are deepened, conversations are had, and um, 
lives would be strengthened uh, through being able to see moms and to honor them. And Lord, I pray that you would um, meet all of us where we are today. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for moms. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, before we go, um, I want to just take a few moments to introduce a video to you um, that we're going to watch this video together about different stories of women and how they fall into this umbrella of motherhood. And my hope and my prayer is that wherever you are in the journey of motherhood as a woman, that you would be able to find yourself in their story, in one of, if not multiple of their stories, that you would know that we see you that there are fierce warriors in their midst. Mama bears will protect their families and their kids. But, and then after the video, um, we're gonna have a very special guest, um, very special to me specifically, a uh, very special guest who's gonna um, do a final uh, blessing and benediction and prayer um, over all the moms of our church. So will you uh, go ahead and watch this video together and find your story in the story of the moms and to know that we see you we love you. We appreciate you. Go ahead and watch the video now.
Let's pray. God of provision and unconditional love, on this day when we acknowledge the importance of motherhood among us, we first give thanks that you are a loving parent to us all. We celebrate your divine love reflected in human expressions of motherhood. We give thanks for the mothers among us and ask that you strengthen them in their daily tasks. Grant them wisdom in the lessons they teach, patience in the discipline they foster, and persistence in their promotion of decency and compassion, both by word and example. May they be given the honor and thanks they deserve, but often do not receive. We thank you for all motherly figures, grandmothers, aunts, sisters, wives, stepmothers, foster mothers, guardians, babysitters, teachers, healthcare providers, neighbors, friends, loved ones, and many others who practice self-sacrifice and embody compassion to all who are privileged to be in their influence. Grant them vigor to carry on their work and the satisfaction that the holy privilege of their task affords. We acknowledge to you, O God, that even amid our grateful celebration, many of us come with restless spirits, reluctant to name the difficulties of this day. For some, this day brings the sorrowful awareness of their own inability to conceive biological children. Draw your tender spirit near their feelings of grief and remind them that those who struggle with infertility have always shared a special place in your heart. We pray for those who have suffered miscarriages, those fatigued by fertility treatments, and those struggling through the process of adoption. May they remember that in your power and through your church, they can still leave a lasting legacy beyond themselves. For some, this day is marked by loneliness and grief as they spend this first Mother's Day as a widower, an orphan, um, a parent who has lost a child, or a child who has lost a mother. To those who today live in the wake of death of a loved one, grant glimpses of the resurrection. Bring to them a steady restoration of their broken hearts and empower them to carry out the legacy of lessons instilled within them. For some, this is a day that surfaces ongoing tensions that exist within our personal relationships and family dynamics. We ask for healing from the wounds of our past, a path of forgiveness for wrongs both experienced and committed, and the rebuilding of trust forged in honesty, authenticity, and love. We give you thanks for the wide spectrum of motherhood represented among us today, new mothers and young mothers whose children are in their most tender years, mothers of grown children who transition into empty nests and a new chapter of self-discovery, mothers and grandmothers of advanced years whose twilight of life is marked by frailty of body but a potency of spirit. Theirs is a cumulative reminder that though our lives are marked by transition and change, your nature and affection for all your children remains the same. Therefore, remind us to live with a childlike faith, curious to every wondrous mystery, attentive to your every instruction, obedient to your every command, and willing to share with every one of your children. We give you thanks, O God, and in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us online. Happy Mother's Day, and we'll see you next week.